Some places promise you a change of scenery. Others show you the world in a whole new light. Take Isla Morada. Between the brilliant sunsets, azure skies, warm, clear water, and endless activities, including legendary sport fishing and diving, Isla Morada will take you places you've never been before, in more ways than one. For more about Isla Morada and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash Isla Morada. Well, hello there, and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This is episode 92, and this is the podcast where we always talk about everything that's going on in the animation world. And I'm Chris, and I'm joined this week by Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi, Chris. How is it going? It's going awesome. Thank you. Sorry, I'm. we're using like a new system, and I'm... It's like being in a new car, and I don't know where anything is. Um, I'm just checking that I'm definitely recording. <laughs> is it? Does it look good on your end? Yes. Cool. Professional yeah. podcasters unite. <laughs> Sorry to fucking ruin that. <laughs> Love the opening. It's all right. We got the main. We got the important bit. Cool. Um, right. So uh, this week it's just the. The uh, UK contingent, because you know it's it's Thanksgiving coming up and everything, so uh, we we've just um, we got the UK guys together to talk about everything that's been going on because there's been quite a lot of animation news that we think is worth talking about. So we want to get caught up because um, it's probably going to be a little while, possibly before the next episode or so, because. Over the next month, sort of end of November into December, it's going to get a bit harder to get everyone together to record episodes. So we don't know quite how many we're going to get out. Uh, we're going to try and get as many as we can out. Um, we could try and get a Christmas episode out and maybe a fourth anniversary for AFA episode as well. Um, but just to let you know that the schedule might be a little bit behind what it normally is. So... But we'll do our best, so please bear with us. Um, and yeah, so a lot has been going on that we do think it's worth talking about. Um, some of these stories are going back a little bit, but there's still things we haven't talked about on the show yet. And some of them are relating to award ceremonies that are going to be coming up in the future. Uh, the first of which is the first European Animation Awards, also known as the Emil Awards. And the first nominations have been announced for the Emile Awards, which will take place in Lille in France in December. And we're not going to go through all of the categories because there's quite a few. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, but did want to draw attention to some of them, um, or in particular some of the one, some of the uh, things that are nominated, um, like in the. The feature film, uh, the nominations are The Red Turtle, The Big Bad Fox and Other Tales, and My Life is a Courgette, uh, which, well, we haven't seen Big Bad Fox. Oh, no, have you, have you seen Big Bad Fox, Dan? I can't remember. No, I haven't. No, no. It's um, it's not had any, like, release in the UK yet. 
No, it's just had it was it screened at London Film Festival, and then it's out sometime uh, in the new year. Um, I mean, it's not out in the U- US till the new year either. Like it's February, I think G Kids releasing it, but it did screen at um, Animationist Film as well as London Film Festival, and we've heard good things. Um, uh, one of our writers did go and see it, and he said it was very good. So. We shall look forward to seeing that. Uh, the Red Turtle, obviously, wonderful film. <laughs> um, I rewatched that recently on Blu-ray, and it is every bit as good as it was the first time. I've been listening to the soundtrack as well, actually. <laughs> I love the soundtrack. Um, I've just got. Um, I've just taken advantage of a little offer of uh, Amazon Music Unlimited, three months for ninety-nine p. So I've been finding lots of soundtracks on there. So you have the uh, Red Turtle soundtrack, which is awesome. Cool. You use offer codes AFA? Is that an ad? Or are you just genuinely... No, I, I just... I have, okay. I have genuinely used it. Um, but, yeah. There... I... Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the best writing in a feature film, the nominations are Ethel and Ernest, uh, My Life Looks Courgette, and Louise by the Shore. Um, Louise by the Shore, haven't seen. Uh, Louise by the Shore. Or, also known as, I think it's French title is uh, Louise on Hiver. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I. That's interesting. Um, it's not obviously a literal translation, isn't it? It's very much not. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, but like that's like a whole change of the character's name. It's kind of like how you know in France they call Kiki's delivery service. Um, they call it Nikki's delivery service. That's so weird. Why would Kiki's, you do that? Kiki's called Nikki. Well, why? I don't understand why you'd call Lou Louise. Oh, she just called Lou. Yeah, uh, and in the movie she's called. You know, it's it's like um, she's like a mermaid character. Uh, no, no, that's, oh no 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 that's um, Lou Over the Wall the Masaki Yuasa film Louise by the Shore is entirely different yes okay so in it's it's the last one in the People by the Sea trilogy that started with Ponyo and then it was Lou Over the Wall and now it's <laughs> by the Shore it's the, yeah, it's the. Um, oh, okay, right, okay. I'm it's sorry. The, it's the People by Water Cinematic Universe. Um, <laughs> hey, it did better than um, the Universal's Dark Universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but it really, really, really amused me that they like did a whole damn like title card. Uh, opening for that film The Mummy mm. and it's like now like that just won't mean anything to anyone because they, they had to cancel their whole plan it's, it, it kind of reminded me like how in school like when you have like a big project and everyone spends like half the afternoon like making sure you've got really nice bubble writing <laughs> for the title and then it's like ah we need to do our presentation now Oh, you did a really nice cover, and you haven't got any time to do the rest of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you're like, oh no, this is no good. 
Louise by the Shore. We've not spoken about this film before. No. I it's new it's literally news to me. I've I've never heard of this film. It looks interesting. I have heard about it. I think it might have played like Ottawa Animation Festival like last year or something. Mm-hmm. Or, or Annecy or somewhere like that. I know it wasn't the first time I'd heard of it. Um, apparently, apparently it aired earlier this year at the Glasgow Film Festival. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't know about that either. Um, but it's got good writing, apparently. So, <laughs> Awesome. Um, Ethel and Ernest, obviously, is a wonderful film that we have spoken about on this podcast. It's a British animated film based on the book by Roger Briggs. Rod- not Br- is this all right? Rod- Raymond. Raymond. Roger? Where did Roger come from? Raymond Briggs. <laughs> Roger. I'm sorry, Raymond Briggs. You're not called Roger. <laughs> he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. Um, then, like, storyboarding in the feature film. That's cool. Psychonauters, The Forgotten Children, Long Way North, and The Red Turtle. I, I like to see Long Way North there as well. Yeah, that's a, that's interesting that it's... Qualified because I that came out like two years ago, didn't it? Probably because this is the first time they've done it. They're like, uh, anything. <laughs> anything yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I have no, I mean, the, I would actually, yeah, I'd say that is, you know, the storyboarding in that film is amazing. Uh, there's probably some, I don't know how, how you have to qualify, uh, Mm-hmm. You have to play in a cinema somewhere in Europe <laughs> within the last year, and then they could. It's like when their things have to qualify for Oscars, and they just play in a cinema in New York for a week, even if no one turns up. There you go; it's qualified. Yeah, yeah. What Bill Plimpton did with one of his um, I don't animated feature or if it was a short, it just like hired a. <laughs> the cinema for a week there you go (laughs) it's qualified Um, yeah and character animation Ethel and Ernest the girl without hands and the red turtle so lots of the same names coming up time and time and again and they're all worthy Um, there's a and soundtrack in the feature film not red turtle even though I said it's got a great soundtrack but my life is a cause yet long way north and girl without hands and there is a Lotte Renegar Award for career achievement. And the first one is going to Richard Williams. Uh, if you're thinking, isn't he American? Well, he is Canadian. A- he's Anglo-Canadian, apparently. I read somewhere. <laughs> um, he, yeah. has, he has made Europe his, you know, he's, he's lived in the UK for years, yonks. Yeah, that's probably why it counts. <laughs> I should hope so. Uh, oh, and also they've got stuff in TV as well. Um, some of the films, some of the nominated uh, programs include Revolting Rhymes, which is the um, Roald Dahl TV special that was it was two parts on last Christmas on the BBC. Um, the Amazing World of Gumball. It's got quite a few nominations. Um, Shaun the Sheep. Uh, we're going on a bear hunt, and. Uh, Last Man, which was that cool-looking French mm-hmm. action series. Um, and Puff and Rock. Yeah. Uh, hey Dougie. Man, I love me some Hey Dougie. Have you seen Hey Dougie? 
I have seen Hey Dougie because I have a three-year-old nephew and he loves Hey Dougie. I I like kids who like Hey Dougie. They have good taste. And I I can't, I, I can't tolerate it when yeah you want to sit down and watch Paw Patrol or Peppa Pig's okay, but Hey Dougie, man, I could just watch that. Well, I do watch that <laughs> just uh, by myself because it's great. Yeah, he. I, I hadn't really paid any attention to it until quite recently and I go oh that's got some funny stuff in it actually <laughs> in the, the design the design I love the design yeah absolutely gorgeous genius stuff it's it's fantastic so if you want to check out the full list of nominations uh, we'll stick the link in the show notes congratulations to all the nominees and uh, that will be taking place, the ceremony will take place on December the 8th, 2017, in Lille. Um, and the uh, nominations were announced by Peter Lord out of Oddman Animations, the legend that he is. And also relating to awards, but this time it isn't actually the nominations that have been announced, but the qualification shortlist. And that is the qualification shortlist for best animated feature at the Academy Awards for 2018. Uh, so, yeah, this is the list of films that qualify to be nominated for the best animated feature awards. Um, all it means is that they have met the criteria or they are expected to meet the criteria because apparently some of them haven't actually screened, had their qualifying screenings yet but they're going to have it before December is out so um, and is this it, the longest list ever? No it's not last year was. Right okay. Uh, it's. I think yeah it's 26 features and I think last year was 27 which was a record um, and people are already saying oh this is the worst list ever uh, which is a little bit silly, really. Um, and they are saying it mainly because Emoji Movie's on it and The Boss Baby and Cars Free and Captain Underpants. Although I've heard Captain Underpants is good. <laughs> Captain Underpants is good. It's one of... Oh, you've seen it? The Yeah, I have. And, um, God, I, 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 saw it, I saw it like as a double bill with my friend earlier in the year and it was like, we watched some film that was either bad or just a massive bummer. And then we were like, let's just watch Captain on the Pants. Come on. And then we did. And it was a blast. It's really silly. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, see, the thing is that last year we had some really good, um, we had a really good mix of, really good indie movies and really good studio movies. I mean, like last year, you probably could have made up a, a list of entirely studio movies and you wouldn't have had any rubbish ones on there. I mean, because we had two Disney movies in a year. We had had a decent Pixar movie. We had a Leica movie. And yeah. and then yeah, We had a Pixar movie. Yeah, I did say we had a Pixar movie. Did, no, but did we? I don't know. Which one Finding Dory. Was that last year? That was last year, last summer, yeah. Okay. It feels like forever ago. It feels like forever ago, and 
yeah okay cool um and we've spoken about how they are supposedly changing the the rules around how this award is voted for mm-hmm. um, which is which is unbelievably unfair because it's not how any of the other categories are treated and that the suggestion is that it's to try and stop like <laughs> it being um basically people the major studio things like um illumination and dreamworks and stuff generally miss out in favor of um things like cartoon salute films or um other g kids releases and people are saying why don't any of these hollywood because obviously the rest of the oscars represents all the major hollywood output of blockbusters and which is not, not yeah. films at all yeah. sorry i realize where you're going with that yeah. yeah yeah exactly that's exactly the problem with it is like you know the industry has no clout as far as the oscars is concerned like no matter how good mad max fury road was in 2015 the was it the revenant that one or something mm, yeah like that's nonsense um you know, one best picture in that year. And it's, you know, no one really makes a fuss about changing the Oscars because of that happening. So, I don't know, it'll be interesting to see really what happens from here. Like, you know, which of these movies from the qualifying list are shortlisted and obviously eventually which one wins. I think it's... A really interesting year for that stuff to go down because there's not a runaway Disney winner as there have been in like previous years. You know, like last year we just like I can't even remember what won last year. Zootopia. Zootopia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's that's about right. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with that one, but. Yeah, there's because there's not like a studio, like all of the studio movies are, um, they're not, apart from, with the exception of Coco, I guess. Mm. None of them are what, you know, you'd call something like a Pixar movie, like a prestige movie. Like yeah. Obvious, oh, okay. Well, you know, it was a blockbuster and it's a classic. Um, so it will be interesting to see, you know, when, forced to pick um i i i I have a good feeling about the breadwinner this year i well i i had previously thought oh well obviously it's just going to be studio movies from now on but Mm i i think um either i think maybe you might like get one indie each time possibly rather than two um Mm -hmm. because not everyone's going to vote for it anyway still because they don't care they, sure. they they can vote but it doesn't mean they're going to sure um, I, I would love to be surprised i would love i mean this might not happen it probably won't but i would love for um yeah there to be a surprise and when the when the nominations come out we realize oh the the academy voters you know wider pool um, take this category seriously, and we see things like Ethel and Ernest and The Breadwinner and 
you know, possibly in this corner of the world or my life is a hang on. Yeah, that was I, last year. That was last year. Okay, yes. You know, something like that. I I yeah, I I I now think that the breadwinner probably will make it into the nominations because um I thought it having seen it, it's like you can't not nominate that. <laughs> and this I also You've also got to remember that G Kids have got a good record of um, getting nominated, which is part of the part of the challenge. Yeah, and yeah. You've got, you've got the extra factor of Angelina Jolie. To be honest, I know we don't want it promoted. Oh, it's the Angelina Jolie film, or whatever. But it's not a bad thing that you know she is an industry darling. I hope that works yeah. in the film's favour. Because uh, I I kind of think that it's the best shot we've had <laughs> for for like a, an indie breakthrough for a long time so uh-huh. i i think i haven't seen coco but i you know i would love the breadwinner to take it but who knows there is there's a couple on here that i haven't actually hadn't heard of <laughs> which is okay which ones have you not heard of i have not you you, you go first cinderella the cat yeah i no, not heard of that and I also did not know that there was a new Moomins movie, and I've looked it up. Apparently, it's stop motion. Ooh, yeah, Moomins in the Winter Wonderland. Uh, yeah, that's the only other one I hadn't heard of. Yeah, I had not heard of those two as well. The oh. others I had heard of, but the ones which I've not seen and I'm interested in, Window Horses. Yes. Um, the girl without hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, and Bird Boy. Oh yeah, yeah, that too. Psychonauts. Oh, I also haven't seen Love and Vincent or Mary and the Witch's Flower. <laughs> I'm not. Man, I I might watch Loving Vincent one day. I kind of feel like if you've seen the behind the scenes feature, you maybe. I don't know. I've not heard amazing things about the rest of the film. Well, if you listen to Rachel, you will do. Yeah. No, and Rachel did give me pause for thought, but then, like, since then, I've just heard people say, like, yeah, he's not, not missing much. But I know, I, I, I want to see it. And it actually had a pretty good, um, had a pretty good run, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it did quite, it was, it was, a, it was a successful release. Mm hmm. So there were some interesting statistics about this list in that um, uh, G-Kids have got seven films that have qualified this year, which is kind of amazing. Um, and also, for the like, I think for the first time, the, like, the, the rec- record number of anime films have qualified as well, five uh, this year. Okay. Because uh, there is... Uh, there is... Um, Sword Art? In this cor- corner of the world, mm-hmm. um, marrying the witch's flower, napping princess, sword art online. Um, yeah. When is marrying uh, the witch's flower getting a general release? January, twenty eighteen in America. Mm-hmm. I know it, it got picked up for UK distribution like before it got picked up for America, <sighs> but I haven't heard any more about. I, yeah. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. I thought, like, that's too good to be true. Like, it being announced uh, that 
that quickly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh, Silent Voice. I miss missed Silent Voice. Silent um, Voice. Yeah. And obviously, the the anime fandom are like, oh yeah, well these are obviously the ones that should be nominated. It's like they, I don't think Sword Art Online is in with a with with a single iota of a chance to be nominated. Yeah, I I I don't I'm don't, I really don't know what Sword Art Online is beyond people kind of vaguely describing it. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that sounds like. Something that's not for me. Well, it's it's just to be honest. It's like say if there was a Naruto film there or something. It's there's no chance. It's just not gonna. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything about the quality. It's just that it's um, you know, it's part of a anime franchise. I can't see. So this is kind of the thing, and like not to do this talk like which, you know, animation fans have all the time. It. <sighs> You, you, I, I, what you were saying there was really interesting because you were saying basically, look, a Naruto movie does it really want to get like it's not it's not in with the chance basically, but the way the industry's seen in Hollywood that is, mm-hmm. is that like a film which is like the equivalent of a Naruto movie, like for instance, Cars Three, mm-hmm. or Despicable Me Three is, like, potentially up for, like, serious... Like, that could seriously be the film that's nominated. Yeah. And I don't... And I'm not saying, like, it's any reflection on the quality of the film, but it's a reflection on the fact that the 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 medium is still really seen as a genre. Yes. And... I think that's like a discussion that's worth ha- that's worth having again at some point because you know at times I do certainly think to myself and I've said it before on the show before like sometimes I look at some of the things and I'm like you know what it deserves to be called a genre because it's not challenging itself in Hollywood I mean mm-hmm. but yeah there's that movie about Jesus and farting donkeys. That's coming out, so hey. It's what he would have wanted. So Someone did point out at some point, hey, the stars got better score in Rotten Tomatoes than Justice League, but it had only got five reviews at that point. And, and three of them were from Christian Publications. I was going to say, and I had my suspicion that they, they were targeted at a specific audience. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, I, it, it's weird that that film. Yeah, it's it's not that weird. It's, it's just you know, those films happen every now and again, don't they? But what's what's really funny is it's this from the same studio that brought you the Mochi movie this year with the talking poo. <laughs> yeah. What's 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 happening? What else is happening? What else is happening? Well, we got a bit of news about um, a TV series. Or a streaming series, which kind of counts as a TV series, um, which is Troll Hunters. Uh, Guillermo del Toro is his um, Netflix DreamWorks animation show that hit Netflix last Christmas time and was very popular. Uh, we series two is coming out 
in December of Trollhunters. But we also found out that the universe is expanding. By which I mean the Trollhunters universe. <laughs> the yeah. So, so that, that yeah. is canon that in the in the TV show Trollhunters, the universe is also expanding. Yes, and also they are um, adding, they're franchising it at the same time, and creating linked series to Trollhunters that involve aliens and wizards. So okay, that are all linked, vaguely linked about the same, basically because they're based around the same town which is Arcadia. So it's going under the title Tales of Arcadia. Um, so Trollhunters uh, Season 2 is coming out in 2017. A series called Free Below, although it does kind of look like the, it's called Elbow from the logo, um, is coming out in 2018. And in 2019, Wizards is the third series. And The that, logo looks a lot like Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> it does. Wizards logo. It's green, and it's like the W looks very regal, and it says wizards. <laughs> it says yeah, yeah, and it says the word wizards. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So these apparently, this town of Arcadia has lots of strange events going on in it, um, and supposedly the third series will kind of culminate it all together with all the characters coming together, sort of like the defenders of the um, <laughs> the Trollhunters universe. Trollhunters televisual universe as opposed to cinematic, I suppose. Um, I don't know if that means that that is then done, whether there's going to be any more Trollhunters after that or any more Wizards or any more um, Free Below or Elbow or whatever, but... Um, I suppose that remains to be seen because uh, Trollhunters was really popular. Uh-huh. Um, supposedly Netflix's biggest kids launch ever at the time, although who knows what that means because nobody knows apart from... That is the most genius move ever that Netflix is just like, we're not telling you. Because... Ah, it's is popular. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It's literally brilliant because... Yeah. And it, it could be anything for, you know, because they have just millions upon millions of subscribers around the world now. And you don't know, like, what percentage is watching their their original content or whatever. So who knows? But, yeah. So Trollhunters Season 2 arrives in December the 15th on Netflix. And then the other series will be coming along in future years. So look out for that if you're in a fan of troll hunters and then there is another bit of netflix related news and this relates to a a animated feature film that has been acquired by netflix for um global release in 2019 and it is a little film by the name of klaus or claus possibly um because as we were discussing off off air before we record, um, it's it's based it's supposedly like an origin story of Santa Claus. So it's spelled Klaus as far as we can see. But so it's the first film in the Santa Claus cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they said, "Oh, why hasn't there been a Santa Claus origin story?" And I'm like, 
There has. Have you not seen Santa Claus the movie with Dudley Moore and John Lithgow? The 80s movie. <laughs> John Lithgow? Is John Lithgow the, in that? He's the bad guy. Wow, I do not remember that. All I remember is that he makes friends with like orphans. Yeah, it used to be on every Christmas mm-hmm. when I was growing up. And, and it used it. to annoy me that it was called Santa Claus the movie. Like it was like a like a trademark. <laughs> Uh, that used to bother the pants off me. <laughs> Every time Radio Times gives it one star, I'm like, no, no, really? it's a classic. <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's a classic because it's just on, and I think it's sometimes it's very hard to admit whether something's a classic or it's tradition. <laughs> yeah, I know it's probably not any good, but I love it. So. <laughs> It, it's one of these things that's just enshrined in my childhood. So, oh, yeah, I'm not saying that's the case here. I'm just saying let's have the conversation. <laughs> we need to have the conversation. Anyway, nothing ne- more pressing. Klaus, Klaus, whatever it is, um, is a film that is being uh, directed by Sergio Pablos, who is a veteran of the animation industry who. Uh, he got his start, uh, well, one of his, part of his early career, he was doing uh, animation on lots of Disney films in the 90s. Uh, lots of the films that you'll be familiar with from that era. Um, and he went on to do work on other films. Um, and he also is credited as the creator of Despicable Me. Um, but he did a pitch for something called Evil Me, um, which was quite different from the finished result. So it's one of these things where he's he's kind of the creator of it, but the the finished result doesn't bear a lot of resemblance to what he came up with. And I've actually seen the artwork for his original version, and it looks much more interesting. <laughs> Have you seen right. that? I haven't. No, but it's usually the case that like the concept art, the concept art, mate, of like Beauty and the Beast is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I know lots of people love that movie, but as far as I'm concerned, like that doesn't really come close to the atmosphere and the concept art. But uh, Sergio Pablo himself is like, um, he's a he's like a great animator. Mm-hmm. He, um, I think, lots of people's favorite work of his um, is he animated. Well, he supervised the animation of Doctor Doppler. In Treasure Planet, uh-huh. he was a sort of like dog character. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, my mind. I just had a complete blank off um, <laughs> session there on on, on live on air. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's, um, okay, basically, to get to the point, I remember a few years ago, for two, three years ago now, um, uh, footage of this, it, and then it was like a pitch that yeah. he had uh, called Klaus, uh, was it Annecy, I think? Um, mm-hmm. And it was like half like a, it was like one of those, like a, it, it was basically like an announcement yeah. slash pitch video where it's like, 
look, we've, we're making this thing and they're obviously like looking for investors. Um, and it just like, it blew the lid off everyone's heads because it's beautiful, unmistakable 2D animation, but it's got like a degree of lushness that, um, 2D animation doesn't usually have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think lots of people like mistook it for CG at first because it's it's got like lots of uh, very very sophisticated lighting going on. Um, and yeah, uh, it's just got beautiful animation and design and lighting and everything. And I got to admit, when I saw it, I was like, "This looks beautiful." It's never going to get made because mm-hmm. it looks. It's just too lush. It's unbelievable. Um, yeah, ever the optimist. Uh, and Netflix has picked it up. It, well, well, last year, um, a a new animation studio was established um, by a Canadian company called Cinesite. Um, and this was one of the titles that was released that was um, supposed to be one of their first things they were working on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it had been sort of obviously it gone into production or whatever. Um, and now it has obviously been picked up by Netflix as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the global rights as well. So uh, whether it, some of their their um, stuff they pick up, you get cinema release as well, or slight cinema release. Uh, like Little Prince, when they picked that up, I think it had a very limited release in the US, didn't it? Do you remember? Yeah, vaguely. Because um, that got dropped by, was it Paramount? <laughs> uh, like yeah, like a week before it was it was a disaster. Yeah, and then Netflix swept in and said, "Ah, we've got it!" And uh, everyone went, "Yay!" And then they went, "But we like perhaps would have liked to get to see it at the cinema." And, then... and, and yeah, the weird thing about that stuff though is like, I as as good as it is to see things in the cinema, mm-hmm. um, Netflix is great for like you know, for instance, Little Prince. Mm-hmm. That got an audience, the likes that it would never see had it got the sort of theatrical release it would have got. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that. You know, I saw people talk about it on my Facebook page who, you know, I don't think have been, you know, who who don't usually who are not usually curious to see a film in an animated film in the cinema unless it's Disney, Pixar, or DreamWorks. Um, you know, like a Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. So I think this is nothing but good news. Um, it's nice to see things in the cinema, definitely, and Netflix have a problem with that. Um, but yeah, this is really exciting, and I hope it. I hope it's got a big enough profile when it comes out that you know we can just like just put that stupid idea to rest that 2d animation is dead mm-hmm. um because it's silly and untrue and 
you know, it's a very, like everything else in the world, a very American-centric view of things. And the thing is, this is interesting because um, this is the first, like, major animated feature Netflix picked up since The Little Prince, um, as far as I can remember. Um, (laughs) But there has been, basically, there's been chatter that Netflix are going to make a bit of a push into animated features. And supporting that is the fact that they recently hired a former DreamWorks animation executive um, as the vice president of their kids and family department, uh, a lady oh. by the name of Melissa Cobb. So, you know, and just shortly after that appointment, you get this news. So uh-huh. it kind of suggests that there is truth in that and you might be seeing, because they, they are investing like a crazy amount over the next year, Netflix, in movies and TV series. So... Mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect this to be uh, the last animated feature we'll hear from Netflix in the near future. <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw like another, maybe like another anime production as well. Mm, oh yeah, they they have been doing more of that as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean a movie. Uh, but yeah, no. I, I, this is this is just amazing news because, as I said, um, I literally didn't ever expect to see this film. <laughs> um, not because not not because because of a sort of like realistic idea of how hard it is to get things made, mm-hmm. um, or things like this, which are so. Um, stubbornly lush I guess is the word like it's it's beautiful but every single shot is like its own little production but yeah next December 2019 is when it is will be available on Netflix so it's understandable it's going to take a little while because of that amazing animation quality Uh, but it has got some voice actors attached uh, for the for the English version at least anyway, uh, and they are Jason Schwartzman, Rashida Jones, J.K. Simmons, and Joan Cusack. No idea who anyone's playing, but there you go. One I would might... guess it's Jason Schwartzman, right? As Klaus, who is apparently going to be a postman. <laughs> I believe it's that's what the story is. It's about a postman who inadvertently brings around about the genesis of Santa Claus. Brilliant. That sounds great. So, look out for that. And if you haven't seen the trailer, check it out. The concept trailer, that is. Um, Speaking of trailers, uh, we've got a couple of awesome new trailers to talk about. Um, First up uh, came out a new trailer for Ardman Animation's Early Man, but this is the first teaser trailer for the US release, which is a little bit behind the Amer- the UK release. It's out in January in the UK and February in the US. Um, this is Nick Park's movie. Um, and it's another great trailer for Early Man, uh, I would say. <laughs> um, lots of great jokes in it. Um, 
it seems to spend quite a bit of the trailer like showing you the the life of the tribe before they encounter the bad guy which is where everything changes um the uh the bad guy played by tom hiddleston but not that you'd know it from that accent because he's doing a funny comedy french accent (laughs) um which is always great when you cast someone for their voice and then get them to do another accent uh Who is guilty of doing that, I found out, because he was also Lumiere in the new Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> of course, you and McGregor. Yeah. And, um, yeah, well, again, why did you cast you and McGregor to do a French accent? Really? Why did you do that? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I know. Or, uh, or an American robot or whatever. <laughs> American robot. That is the one, uh, yeah, noun slash adjective slash job title that's not been an American movie yet, is it? No. <laughs> Doesn't that annoy you how there are so many damn like movies called American something? Yeah, well, they just think, oh, American someone's post. already used that, so let's just put American in front of it. Yeah, American postman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Only Man, man is yeah. coming out soon. I just want to see the damn thing already. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to see any more trailers. Yeah, I would say you might think the trailer gives away a bit much if you haven't. If you're basically trying to be unspoiled, I think you know there's jokes and stuff that probably would have been better to see in the film. But hey, mm-hmm. I run an animation blog, so I kind of got to do these things. So, um, yeah, it's coming out February sixteenth in America via Lionsgate, which is a little not the best um, situation because. They didn't do such a great job with the release of Shaun the Sheep in the US, I don't think. Because <laughs> nobody knew it was out. It, it Yeah. <laughs> I mean it, it did alright apparently. It, like it it got like America was like the second biggest territory for it, I think, but you know, in American terms it wasn't a lot of money. <laughs> so I really hope they Try harder with this one, to be honest. Yeah, it would be it would be nice. I think. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird. I mean, Leica movies do pretty modestly in the US, don't they? Mm. So maybe it's some strange, well, not strange, but just like bias that that exists around stop motion at the moment. Who yeah. knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I have I have said before. I wonder if Americans aren't into stop motion as much as the UK is for whatever reason. And I wonder if, like, it's in America, stop motion is either creepy stuff or holiday specials. I think it is. I think it's exactly that. Um... And the difference is that we had Ardman and things like Postman Pat and. Uh, basically kids Oliver Postgate yeah Oliver Postgate of course Mm -hmm. so we've got this cultural connection with um stop motion being we being yeah basically we have the cultural reference though I mean there is it it does exist in the US but like you said it's it's in a different space Mm -hmm. I guess I'd probably struggle 
practical US automotion that I've seen, which isn't literally um, Rankin Bass. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd probably say it, it struggles with the charm thing yeah. that Aldman are so good at. But I mean, Aldman has his US fans, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, Wallace and Gromit is, is pretty popular, um, you know, as far as exports go. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I, don't, I really don't know. Well, I guess we'll find out how it does. And if it doesn't do so well, then, yeah, maybe it is just stop motion. They don't like, <laughs> do they? Or, or it could be down to the marketing, who knows? Um, and we also learned about a potential new Super Mario Brothers animated movie. Um, I think we talked on the show a little while ago about um, the fact that Nintendo were looking to create animated movies based on their characters. And uh, there was a while ago, there was rumour that uh, Sony were possibly about to sign on, Sony Animation. Um, It has just emerged that it's looking quite likely that the Super Mario Brothers animated movie is going to be produced at Illumination Entertainment. The people who, of course, brought you the Spickle Me and the Minions and uh, Secret Life of Pets and um, Sing. So, um, they are the deal has not been done as yet, but it is par- according to people in the know, it is quite close. Um, this is bonkers. Yeah, I. It's it's kind of surprising. <laughs> It's really surprising. It's it's really surprising. And a little... I mean, the, the, the thing is, is like, I don't think Mario works as anything that's not a video game. Well, people say that, oh, there's no plot, so how can you make a movie? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there being no plot gives you a freedom... Uh, in a way, you could argue. Bring back Bob Hoskins. Oh, you can't. No, he's, he, he, I don't think Bob Hoskins would do this one. No. What, well, being dead in here? <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> hey, um, yeah, it's, okay. So, like, um, it's not going to work. I mean, it's... It, like, yeah, like you said, it would either be... They would either have to come up with a story or... But the thing is, I don't think they would. I think the thing is that Nintendo is so protective. That okay, the thing is, is that you know the minions are huge across the world. Yes, they are fucking gigantic. They are everywhere. I I went to Japan the summer, and they it, it was far and away bigger than like any anime property. Like they were utterly everywhere as you know, like merchandising. And I'm sure Nintendo probably have seen them all over Japan and gone, Oh, we need to get some of those we need to get we need to get in on that. We need to get Mario back on lunchboxes and that's that's where I feel this has come from. Which is why I'm not I mean, obviously, everything is made for the decision of, oh, this will make some money. But I feel like this has been made purely with that. 
idea because particularly like at the moment like mario is like he's like a fandom character people like project ideas onto him based on you know dribs and drabs of information that are offered about him and his world in the games and i just feel like it's it's um I I can't think of an analogy because it's such a unique situation. In a way, I think like Mario is like a really personal thing. (laughs) And the beauty of the games is you can project whatever you want onto him and the interactions and they don't, they don't operate clearly in the world of drama. You know, they're not dramatic characters. They are, video game characters and they're really very different things. Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's weird. And also like, I, do you, do you remember the, the Donkey Kong TV show? Donkey Kong country. I never saw it. I don't think you're missing out. (laughs) Maybe if you, you know, if you live in 1996, it's, which I do. Which hey, we all do in our hearts. So I, I don't know, man. It's I believe it when I see it, and also when I see it, I don't. I expect it to feel like the result of a bunch of committees agreeing on the custody of a character, rather than you know a good movie. Okay, I'm going to attempt to bring some positivity to this discussion, which is interesting because I'm really not a fan of Illuminations films particularly. Um, (laughs) um, But the first thing I would say is basically the animation and characterization of the recent Mario games is incredibly charming and I love it so much and watching like people watching videos of Mario Odyssey is making mm-hmm. is is painful it's like I want it I, I don't have a switch so I can't have it um but it's like it's so charming and adorable and it's got such character and it does kind of make me think oh yeah that would I you know I would not mind seeing that brought to life in some way if you could do it and to be fair to Illumination, they do they it is sort of characterized you know, sort of character is kind of what they do rather than plot. <laughs> Obviously this would still need a plot, but I think they could probably do alright at bringing the characters to life with some charm, maybe. Um mm-hmm. but you know, I'm I'm not overly excited about the idea and I was a bit disappointed when I saw it was illumination. Um, but I'm trying, I'm trying to have a positive look to think, Hey, it could be all right. <laughs> so yeah. it's not, not overly yeah. positive, but it's like, Hey, I'll, I'll um, reserve judgment. Um, we don't have very much to go off. I'll literally reserve judgment until we see a trailer. Um, that's all I can really say. The weird thing that I will say about this is that um, just in terms of design, mm-hmm. I 
kind of don't know what's going to happen there. Like, is Nintendo going to go to Illumination or is Illumination going to go to Nintendo? Um, you know, because Mario, the way I was using words, like, the reason I was using words like custody and everything is because Mario's got, like, an image which is really protected. Mm-hmm. Like, you do not fuck with his design because people get furious i i remember when like images of mario odyssey were released um earlier this year and it was like there were some high-res images of like his mustache and it had like been the first time that you know it'd been rendered with each hair Mm -hmm. each hair and his mustache had been rendered and people were losing their minds and um, people notice this stuff. <laughs> like, they're very protective of him. As And I think the reason people are protective of Mario is because Nintendo are. Mm, yeah. Um, so you're like, okay, you don't screw with Mario. You don't screw with them. Um, and it's as simple as that. And I, I just wonder what it's going to look like. I, I can't imagine it. I just can't imagine it. I I do say I do will say one thing is I hope the movie like takes place in the Mario universe. <sighs> right. I don't okay. want some sort of crossover thing where like he comes to the real world or I mean the Mario universe is quite wide and yeah. they can sort of Marioify like any like you know you look at like the levels on I haven't seen too much Mario Mario Odyssey yet because I'm sort of I'm so jealous I can't even bring myself to like yeah. look at it. <laughs> <laughs> so I just I don't watch videos of it. Um, but like even just like Mario Kart, like you know, okay, they can do Egyptian Desert, they can do a sort of Blade Runner future, they can do you know they can do anything in yeah, the Mario it's style. It's pretty with, flexible what you could do with it. It's that's true. I would kind of, but the thing is, it's like everything is so. Like Nintendo is is like a, it's a bit like Disney, I guess, or mm-hmm. um, or even um, uh, I can't think of a good example of something that's Studio similar. Ghibli, kind of where it's like it's it just feels like these things like pop out of the ground mm-hmm. and they're not like made. By people, because you just don't like ever. When do you ever see like concept art for Mario? Yeah, I, I mean, very, very rarely, very rarely. Um, and that seems there's the it, the Mario games are like they're so specific in the choices that they make about design and ideas and thematic things and everything that. I can okay. The only the only way I can imagine this working is if like there there there's like a Nintendo like brain trust, yeah. which like installs themselves at Illumination for the period that this film's being made, so everything is kind of done their way. Either that, or as you're saying, it's just you know. A new story about whatever, and it just happens 
that there's a character that looks like Mario. <laughs> because he doesn't really... Okay, here's the other thing. Like you said, um, character, right? Illumination do character. Yeah. What... How would Mario react to... Um, I don't know... Um, someone eating his sandwich that he just, you know, he, he's, he's in his kitchen and he gets up to go to the fridge, get a drink and he goes back and someone's eating his sandwich. How's Mario react to that? Don't know. You'd have to ask the brain trust. So that's actually the problem, right? Is that he's not actually a defined character. He's a defined mascot, but like, it's like the Mickey Mouse problem. Mm-hmm. He's he's so he's he's a mascot so much that he's he's not a goody two shoes or anything like that. But I don't know what his personality is. No, so it's going to be really weird for there to be a movie where Mario is like the main character because it's like. I mean, that was kind of be interesting just to find out what his character is. Mm-hmm. But I kind of don't want to find out because he's more interesting as just a very vague mascot. Yeah, it's... Who knows how it's going to work out or if it's going to work out, but it'll be interesting to see anyway, <laughs> I guess. Oh, yeah. No, I want it to happen just to see what happens, really. Yeah, I just hope they don't like try and do a Lego movie or um, Wreck It Ralph on it. Just, just do it in Mario Universe, please. <laughs> don't try and be clever. When, yeah, but when has that ever been a video game movie where they've like not made some? Does Tomb Raider do it? Did the Tomb Raider movies make a video game joke. Doom did it. Mm. I guess the Resident Evil films kind of escaped that. But they're like genre pieces. I don't know, man. I don't know. We could talk about this all night and we probably shouldn't. Yeah. But could it be the first good video game movie? <laughs> Hang on. There has been one. Okay. Been one. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you about that. Oh, is it um is it um Takashi Mike's um uh what you call it? Uh fun- Phoenix Wright. <laughs> I've not I seen that. I no, I haven't see seen it either. <laughs> yeah, no, I want to see that, man. It, it might, you know what, uh, you might be in the right area, though. It might be a Japanese thing. Mm-hmm. It might be Pokemon 3. <laughs> I'm just picking that up. Yeah, I've not seen that since, like, 2001. <laughs> um... Mate, yeah, well, I'll get back to you about that. <laughs> oh, does documentaries King of Kong does that count? Uh, you mean narrative? Yeah, narrative video game movie. Yeah, it might not happen. I might not. I'll, like I said, I'll get back to you. Um, no, it's not looking good, man. Need for Speed. I've not seen Warcraft. No, neither have I. <laughs> Didn't look great though. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
but you know you should judge you should judge without having seen so there's a whole lot Street Fighter is fun it's not good though it's got Kylie Minogue in it it's got Ralph Julia in it yeah Mm. (laughs) wow we've really got off on a tangent there so (laughs) but hey it's our it's our rambly Thanksgiving episode so what do you want um it's better than an argument with your racist uncle. Yeah, which is apparently what you do, America. Uh, from every everyone you see on social media, <laughs> everyone's like, "Oh no, I've got to go." Tradition. Yeah. Anyway, I think that probably wraps up our news conversation for today. It's quite a lot of stories. Uh, we, we will now uh, move on from our news section. Um, talk about cartoons. Talk about some cartoons. Um, to our water cooler section where we talk a bit about some things we've been watching. Um, Dan, you haven't really watched a whole lot, I think. Um, um... Mate, no. Uh, it might occur to me in a second that I've seen something. Um, no, not really. I'm a bad animation fan. <laughs> but I did recently, uh, I finished up the Netflix series Big Mouth, which is the adult animated series um, from uh I think Titmouse Animation did the animation on it, um, and it's uh, it's described as Nick Kroll's animated series, but he's just one of the people um, who co- co-created it and is a star of it alongside is it John Mulaney. Is that how you say it? Uh, yeah, John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. He, he's great. The 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 they're, um him him and Nick Kroll are like a comedy. Occasional comedy couple. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I remember watching the trailers of this, and I wasn't too keen on the idea of it because it it's um animated series about um as basically kids going through puberty. Um, so they're about thirteen or so. Um, and it's quite it the trailer made clear that it was quite going to be quite frank. Um, and one of its gimmicks is that one of the characters going through puberty and, uh, he sees this puberty monster, um, that comes basically is a sort of like personification of puberty and sort of teenage desires and things like that. Um, and the trailer really made it look, really crude and stuff and it is pretty crude but i also heard you know people saying great things about it um and in the end i didn't love it but it wasn't the rubbish that i thought it was going to be i it had a lot to like about it i think um and it like the jokes they weren't like 
loads of amazing jokes as far as I was concerned that really made me laugh, but it had had its moments. Um, but I, I think kind of what makes it work was that the, there was a kind of a, almost like a, in a in the kind of way that South Park has, in, that it, there's kind of a sweetness to the characters and a kind of innocence to them, you know, that, that they are actually like kids. Um, and also like the, the friendships and stuff, there's a kind of a relate, relatableness to that. Um, it's kind of the difference between actually a series that kind of likes its characters rather than a series that just torments them and hates them and uses them for jokes. It's trying to be edgy. Yeah. I mean, obviously this does go, oh, I'm an adult animation. I've got rude bits in it. But there's, there is more to it than that, I'd say. And there is some, some of the jokes, some of the jokes did, like there's, there's some like songs and stuff that were really funny. Uh, you, okay. You've watched some as well, haven't you? I've watched the pilot and is that what not you've seen? through. Yeah, it is. So oh, right. not, not really. I didn't, I didn't hate it at all. I just haven't seen it. I just haven't seen the rest of it. And it's like everything on Netflix. It's sort of been like a slow burn. And I've heard more and more people talking about it lately. Um, uh, I, I'll get around to it, I think. Uh, the, thing that, the thing that surprised me. Um, yeah, uh, the thing that I was, you know, kind of... The thing I noticed about it was that there was stuff in it that would never... Uh, be on TV, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, in terms of like, not basically not just in terms of how far they can push something, but it seems like they can have conversations that you can't have on TV mm-hmm. about things that are true and happen to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know, and I, I, I think like I, like I said, previously on the show, big fan of Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, um, I think Jason Mansukis is in it as yeah, well. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Zooks, Zooks, Jeff, Jeffrey character Wheaties himself. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'm going to check it out. I think. Yeah, it's it's got a great cast. All the ones you've mentioned, and Jordan Peele as well, and yeah, um, yeah, it has got some that there's um there's like a, I think it's the third episode or something. One of the characters wonders if he might be gay, and um, there's a musical number. There's basically a Queen tribute musical number that is very well done. <laughs> um, yeah, I I'd say if you if you're thinking about it. Give it a go, because if, if you know, even if you watch the trailer and thought, "Oh, I don't think this is for me," uh, you might, you might at least give it a try, because um, there's more to it than the trailers made it look. And also, there's going to be more of it. It's been recommissioned for a season two, so it's ten episodes in series one, I think, because it finished when I wasn't expecting it to. Oh, I've run out of episodes. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't marathon or anything, but I, you know, I watched an episode here and there, and then, mm-hmm. uh, oh no, wait, they've all gone now. That's it. Okay. 
So I will say one thing, I do not like the way it looks. <laughs> I gotta agree. That was actually one of the... So it's like, I, I have this conversation a lot with people about animation and comic books and things, but like when it's a visual medium, mm-hmm. I find it very... So I, I used to have this conversation a lot with a guy at college that I went to college with. Um, about comic books because he would recommend me comic books all the time and I'd be like yeah I had a look at that comic book you recommended wasn't into the artwork so much and he'd always say yeah it's not really the artwork it's the story that I like and I'm like mate it's a comic book if I wanted if I just wanted just the story then you know I'd read a script but as it happens it's a visual medium so that weighs into it mm-hmm. um really i think it could grow on me um you know especially if the characters are as lovable as you as you say chris but um yeah we'll we'll, we'll see what happens with that i i don't want to it's, it's very strange because i think it's very important to distinguish like design sensibilities from uh, craft, mm-hmm. um, you know, or like artistic effort. Uh, and I think American animation is really like TV animation is very, very weird and interesting case. You know, we've spoken before about how it seems sometimes like <laughs> to be taken seriously in American adult animation, you kind of almost have to look a little bit crappy. Yeah. Like that's kind of the thing. Um, like it's not cool to make him. <laughs> it's not cool to look to look cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's. Um, I will check it out at some point though. Mm-hmm. I don't want to oversell it or anything because I have heard people like, "Oh, it's the best thing I've seen," and it's like, I don't... Uh, it's, it's... "Chris, I don't think you're overselling it." No. <laughs> good because I, I didn't I wasn't too I wasn't too uh, f- glowing in my my uh, description of it really was I so uh, but I did enjoy it overall uh, something else I have also watched um, it's also available on Netflix but I was I was actually watching it through on disc uh, because I got it because uh, you're that much of a hipster no, I got I got assigned it as a as a rent as a review for I watched Air print review. I watched Stranger Things on the VHS on the portable. Yeah, I've always I've always thought Matsui that. television. People are like, oh yeah, I want to collect Stranger Things on disc or something like. Really, it's it's right there. It's, it's only if you just don't want to subscribe, I guess. Um, anyway, it was originally released as a Netflix anime original but it actually you know it's one of these things where they just acquired the rights and called it an original even Mm -hmm. though it isn't and it's produced by a company called polygon pictures and it's called arjun demi humans i think that's it yeah i i jin um it's it is based on a manga it is about basically a bunch of people crop up over the world who who seem like normal humans until they die and then basically they get up again and 
they can't die. Um, and, Chumbawamba. Yeah. <laughs> Chumbawamba people. <laughs> they get knocked down and they get up again, and nobody can keep them down. It's it's true. Um, and they drink a whiskey drink and a vodka drink and. A, Anyway, I'm going to shut up with that joke now. Um, so, yeah, they're like indestructible. Um, and uh, they also have this, some of them have this ability to summon uh, something uh, they sometimes refer to as a black ghost or sometimes they're called IBM. Uh, nothing IBM? To, nothing to do with the computer. It stands for like invisible black matter or something. Um, and they can basically create this, uh, spectre thing that look kind of creepy and can attack people but most people can't see is that not massively distracting it's like someone saying kfc oh but don't think it, it's not it's not contextual for a chicken it's it's <laughs> it's yeah it's something else yeah it's 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 what is it, what was it invisible black matter yeah okay uh, but they don't i don't refer to it that often um yeah so you and basically the main character thinks he's an ordinary Japanese teenager and then he gets hit by a car and he gets up again, basically. Ooh. And, and uh, basically, as soon as you're uncovered as an Arjun, uh, the government want to take you into custody because they basically they want to do experiments on you. But why can't you die? Let's keep killing you and seeing if you get better. So the um, government don't know what's going on? No, they just, they just want to make use of them for their own purposes. So basically he has to go has to go on the run, basically. So who made the iGen? No one knows. No one knows where they come from. Oh it's like a supernatural thing. Yeah. Right, okay. I was I was you, getting you were thinking it was a, a um scientific thing. It sounded like you were explaining the plot of Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's like either a supernatural thing or it's the next stage of evolution or something. Okay, okay. No one knows exactly why, but they basically want to get all the Ajin and cut them up and find out and see if they can use them as weapons or whatever. Um, and so basically there is also a bunch of Ajin who are like, I don't like this very much. I'm going to fight the government <laughs> and try and take over the country. And um, one thing about the series is it's made by Polygon Pictures, which means it's actually it's an anime series, but it's made with like a CD of CG cell shaded 3d sort of look. Um, That's the studio that made um, Ronya the robber's daughter. Yes, it is. And they also made another series on Netflix called, um, uh, called Knights of Sidonia. Um, and I have to say, I find it quite off putting at first that, that style It's it's got that sort of, um, sort of lifeless look because, um, it's because they basically like use the anime um, at like frame rate at C- with CG, and it sort of doesn't. It looks unnatural. Uh huh. It doesn't work for everything. No. Um. But I kind of got used to it with this because um, like the action sequences are quite effective and and uh, like they obviously they they kind of play with the they kind of go for ultraviolets because of um, the fact that the main character can't die. Well, he can die, but he gets better. Um, so it, basically you can have characters ripped apart and stuff like that. And, and just then they get back to normal and stuff. So it's kind of violent. And, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just got a compelling story and it sort of, uh, it, it entertained me anyway. 
Um, and like I said, it's on Netflix, so you can give it a go. And there's yeah. also there's also a there's like a movie edit as well. Um, they've made several movies of it because there's at least two seasons, and they were edited into like movie edits as well. Of and the first movie is like the first um, as six episodes, and I did watch that as well because it's included in the box set that's coming out. Um, who's Anime Limited are releasing a collector's edition where you get um you get uh free blu-rays which has got the first uh 13 episodes and the movie and then you also get the same episodes on dvd just in case we want that you know that whole right. dvd blu-ray combo thing mm-hmm. and basically anime limited do really lush expensive box sets with loads of stuff in it um, yeah and it's one of them and I guess it's like for people who really, really like the series and have watched it on Netflix and like, oh, I want to keep this and I want a fancy box. Um, but if you don't want that, then you can just watch it on Netflix. <laughs> and I'd say if you can get over the animation style, then give it a go. <laughs> oh, I did watch the Lego, Lego Batman movie a few weeks ago. I haven't talked about that. Let's talk about that because yeah. I, I want to talk about that. And uh, it's a relevant week to talk about it because there's another Batman movie that people are discussing. So yeah. and this one is more effective, apparently, according to most people. <laughs> I think this one is, yeah, yeah. I I haven't seen anything. You know, Man of Steel left such a bad taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. That anything that looks like vaguely like it, you know, like the last few DC movies, mm-hmm. I've just kind of given a wide berth to. So I'm, think... not, I'm not going back to that counter at the deli again for a while until the smell goes away. Fair enough. The Lego Batman movie is good. <laughs> it is good. It's so good. It's I, it's my favourite of the Lego movies. So, I, I, to be fair, it's kind of a weird thing to say because I've only, there's only been two that I've watched. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. all I'm saying is I preferred it to the Lego movie. <laughs> um, I know that's not the the general consensus, but I preferred it. Uh, I think partly because it's it doesn't do any of the fourth wall breaking or anything. It's just um, in the universe. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta say, so Lego Ninjago movie has the same problem where it like, for some reason they're like terrified that you are not gonna get that it can just be a Lego movie by itself and they have this weird, you know, wraparound story. And you're right, Lego Batman is so much better because it doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like the nerdiest movie ever. <laughs> It's like so many obscure references to like really weird Batman villains and stuff. And just having the Daleks in it, it was like, what? The Daleks are in this movie. <laughs> it's like, that's deep nerdy cuts. I think if, you, if you're an American who knows who the Daleks are, that means you're a proper nerd. I think, you know, it's, it's a mainstream thing in the mm-hmm. UK, but just having them in the movie, I think they just called, British robots in the movie. <laughs> they don't even call them by name. And like all the all the villains who show up, Voldemort and stuff, I like that bit with the um 
spoilers uh with the basically with all the villains breaking out the phantom zone it is quite a sequence it's it's great i gotta like the action in the whole movie is some of the best action i've seen uh at the cinema this year basically i've not seen many action films but it, it's it's fantastic. It's like it's a proper Batman film as well, which is why I think it works so well. Is that they? Mm-hmm. It's quite a touching story. Best Batman since I don't know <laughs> Adam West. <laughs> I don't know. It's I I yeah. It's a great it's a great interpretation of Batman. And it's like, yeah, just be silly. It's fine. It's bat. It's a man dressed up as a bat. Don't you don't have to be all angsty and gloomy. And and yeah, it's a fun. It's a really fun interpretation of Robin as well. With um, a great voice cast. It's it's so good. It's it's a really. I think it's the only thing that really makes sense out of the Lego Movie for them to have done. Until they get to do like a Star Wars Lego movie, <laughs> um, because Batman has this cultural stock, which is like you said, like you sort of alluded to, like it's it's been part of popular culture in a wider sense, pretty much since the TV show <laughs> um, in the sixties, and that's a huge audience that you have there who who's familiar with the tropes and the backstory and the character dynamics um that you can sort of yeah i love i just i love how it's just a perfect uh cartoonification of batman and robin's relationship Mm -hmm. and alfred's as well Oh yeah, the best Alfred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just fantastic, and it's and it's re- it's it's refreshing because it's sort of the antithesis to DC's current thing, whatever the heck that is. Mm, yes, and it it's it did pretty well. I think it. I think. I think it yeah. might have not done quite as well as they wanted, but I think it's like the second biggest earning uh, animated film in the US this year so far. I think I have a I'm a, I'm a I know I'm a real negative Nancy today, mm-hmm. but I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Lego franchise has a pretty strong drop off after this point. Well, I think I I. Ninjago did not do well, I don't think. It didn't do well, and it and it was, sorry to say, as much fun as it was, it was a case of diminishing returns from uh, the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it was just. I mean, the, the the trouble is, like on the line graph in my mind is like, I guess going steadily downhill on the next one. You know, I don't have high hopes right now because of the diminishing returns. Um, I hope it was just a misstep in terms of the property that they were adapting because unlike Batman, it didn't have any sort of like cultural stock to 
you know, parody mm-hmm. or to like draw obvious references from that everyone was familiar with. It borrowed actually it borrowed a lot from Star Wars and a lot of its iconography was like James Bond and um Star Wars and uh you know things like that. So I d I I I I don't know man. I I almost get the feeling that it might get a little bit too formulaic after this point. I don't know. I don't know. It I I kind of feel like the whole idea that there shouldn't be a whole Lego cinematic universe or whatever. I I think the um Lego movie is fine and Lego Batman I think makes sense as a spin off. Mm-hmm. And you know, you could do sequels to that or whatever. You could the heck, they could do a a Lego D C universe. I'd be alright with that. <laughs> to be honest. I think that would be more successful than whatever the heck they're doing at the moment. I mean, because, you know um, I mean they're they're Superman's alright as well. <laughs> Well, the Justice League part in the yeah. Batman movie, in the mm. Lego Batman movie, is far more entertaining than any of the trailers I've seen. I've seen to the Justice League movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be all right with them just doing that. I mean, there's going to be a Lego movie sequel. Uh, and there's going to be the Big Brick Race or something, which is. Uh, Jorge Gutierrez is directing. I don't know if there's plans to do any more beyond that. Okay. But I don't think they need to stretch it out too much, to be honest. I think the thing that, the thing that, um, the best parts of the Lego Batman movie and Lego movie and Ninjago actually are when you can just tell that they are just having fun making a movie. Mm-hmm. It's the sort of thrill that you, got from like watching Pixar movies in the 90s where you're just like oh my god they just made that joke in the room and they put it in a movie (laughs) and um, that kind of excitement comes yeah uh, what am I saying that sort of stuff is exciting Mm -hmm. Um, but it comes from like investing in people I think, and not treating it too much like a brand or product. Mm-hmm. Because some of the most surprising and fun moments in the Lego movie are that way because it's a, it's a Phil Lord and Chris Miller film. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's, that's all I say about that. Yeah, it's, it is a good movie. If you haven't seen it, then... Yeah, I think I'm going to be revisiting that one definitely over Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think that probably uh, do us for tonight because we've been going quite a long time for yes. the two-person show and we've covered an awful lot. Of, like I said, I'm not entirely sure when our next episode will be. Uh, I would say happy Thanksgiving to our American listeners if you're listening to this before then uh, or on then, maybe on the day itself i don't know depends how quickly i get this edited and up um and we will speak to you soon for another episode uh you can follow everything we do on animationforadults.com uh you can find our previous episodes on podcast.com on itunes on stitcher and on animationforadults.com under the podcast tab 
you can follow us on Twitter at AFA blog. You can also follow us on Facebook, Pinterest, Google Plus, Instagram, and um, Pinterest, and also Tumblr. And you can support us on Patreon if you would be so kind, or throw us a donation via Ko-Fi or PayPal, or just send us an email. Let us know how we're doing, uh, or ask us some questions at podcast at animationfilmhelps.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Crystal. Where can we find you, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at Hamu. Awesome. And we will be back, or some of us will be back, for some more episodes in the near future. And we hope to speak to you then. And we'll be back, same bat time, same bat channel, except not those things at all. Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to make a Batman movie reference. Uh, We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's, I'm loving it. At Bush Gardens Christmas Town, rekindle the spirit of holiday traditions for you and your family. Delight in the wonder of over 10 million twinkling lights. Cherish the moments as you enjoy new holiday shows and visit Santa and Rudolph. And immerse yourself in a world transformed by the season at the world's most beautiful theme park. The holidays shine brightest at Bush Gardens Christmas Town. Select dates through January 2nd. Right now, it's the best deal of the season. Save over 50% with tickets as low as $24.99. Restrictions apply.